Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I mean, everything's not beautiful right now, uh, but we're fighting through that. Uh, that happens. Um, in this game, I mean, it'll just it takes execution. I mean, I know, I know it's we. I, I say it all the time, um, but we have guys open, and if we're on the same page with me and the receivers with the routes, and then I throw it and hit the right spot, um, we can move the ball on on pretty much any any coverage. We have answers for verse everything, um, but that we we've had you've seen in every game pretty much that there's been times where we kind of stall out and we we don't execute or I I I throw the ball or I don't hit the right spot or the receiver doesn't see it the same way that I do. Um, or penalties or, or turnovers. So, I mean, I know in this league it's it, it's it's kind of showing that it's kind of happened a week after week these last few weeks, but I think we're going to snap out of it and, and we'll find a way to start executing, and then when we do, we'll be a tough offense to stop. Contrary to all evidence, the Chiefs continue to be optimistic, and they win a game last night that was not impressive. It was not a blowout. They didn't come close to covering. They got a little help from the officials on the final drive to secure the victory. It's not what we're used to. We're not accustomed to this, and they keep talking and they keep talking, but on the field, Chris, it really isn't changing. Good morning. It's PFT Live on Peacock, NBCSN, Re-Air. Hello to our good friends in the UK and Ireland, enjoying the program on Sky Sports, listening to the podcast, wherever you may be. Welcome back, Christopher, a.k.a. Man with the small head. Hey, great thank to you. see you. Great to see How you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Everything's good. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you you kind of said it with the game. It, it's underwhelming from what we expect from the Kansas City Chiefs. No doubt about it. Uh, great. You know, hey, listen, you want to give the Giants a little credit? Good game plan. Yes, certainly. But like, I mean, you know, hey, the story of the day is is kind of what you said. I mean, this is. I just think the Chiefs we're going to have to get used to for now. Uh, that that's where they're at. They're not like a great football team. There there's too many flaws throughout, and like the days of like them just dominating teams and you know running through defenses, it, they're, they're it's over right now. It, it is. I mean, you know, yeah, great first drive of the game, but you know we see that play right there, way, way too hard. I think he was throwing that to Josh Gordon. I mean, it was way off target too. So it's all of that, let alone yeah mistakes they make. Uh, it's just, there's a lot of issues and we can dive into it wherever you want, Mike. 
Well, I mean, there are a lot of issues. Yeah. It's almost hard to pick and choose where to begin because yeah. this just seems like a different team. They're wearing the same uniforms. They have most of the same players. Right. But something doesn't seem right with the Chiefs. And you said that the Giants you know, had a great game plan. They're just doing what everybody else is doing. Exactly. Well, that's what it's been. It's been like that for a long time now. You know, it's, it's been like that. You know, we could dive back into the middle of last year almost to at least the teams that had some of the personnel to figure it out. But you're right. A hundred percent, Mike. I, uh, you know, I, I, and one thing that, and I'm reluctant to say this because I don't want this to be a get off my lawn type of a thing, but you know, that first drive, they do the yeah. play where Travis Kelsey takes the snap and he flips it back to Patrick Mahomes. That stuff's great when you're kicking the crap out of everybody. Sure. That stuff's great when you don't have more fundamental issues. But I look at it this way. Every minute in practice that you spend on the French pastry plays, as they used to call them when I was a kid, you know, the special stuff, the razzle-dazzle, the things that are above and beyond your meat and potatoes offense – that's less time you can spend on fixing the issues with your offense. So I'd rather they not be practicing these. And I know that it's it's fun, but you got to earn your fun. And they're not earning their fun now. And there's just something about those plays that are grating while the Chiefs are struggling. They're great when everything sure. is working fine. But it's just, you know, you're, 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 you're showboating while you're, while you're dog paddling. And I, I, I there's, it, it, it doesn't seem like this team is good enough to have earned the right I to run you. those kinds of plays, if that makes any sense. No, it, it makes sense. I hear where you're coming from right now. You're you're right. I mean, you look at it and you just go, well, wait. I mean, you know, you guys miss passes we've seen you miss for three years. You know, you don't protect well. Mahomes is in and out of the pocket. You know, there's a lot of things that are kind of average to eh right now with the Kansas City Chiefs offense. So I hear you there, Mike. I do. And you go, well, gosh, I, I, your point is, is just like, yeah, you don't do the basic things. Let's, let's like, you know, slow down on the razzle dazzle stuff, but you know, to their defense or, or, or however you want to say it, like they got to figure out something, you know, again, there's just nothing to add to the offense right now. What is the chief's offense right now? Like, what is it? Like, that's what, that's the big thing right now, more than anything. I mean, first off, like Mahomes has lost his magic. Like he's not as magical as he was the last few years. I don't know what the reasons are, but he's certainly not. You know, you've heard me talk about the foot and the toe. Yeah, I get that. But you know, like, listen, off-target throws. How many times this year do we need to see him in the pocket where in years past we saw magic plays? Whoa, people hanging on him. Whoa, he's making people miss. Great throw. This year it's like, what? That right there? It's it's he's lost the, like, the calibration of where people are around him in the pocket and doesn't look or feel as comfortable. So, like, there's that issue. And then... You know, you go like with this stuff right here. I mean, come on. I, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes in years past, I feel like he throws that pass 50 times. That's 48 of them, 49 of them are like walk-in touchdowns. It's just off, let alone then the offense has nothing to offer to go with it, Mike. And that's where you just go, okay, wait, what do we have to do with the Chiefs right now? Oh, Tyree killed deep and then... Oh, wait, Travis Kelsey, seven yards underneath. I mean, after that, what else is there really to worry about or defend? I, I mean, I think you see where I'm going here. Do you, you kind of see what I'm talking about or at least the, the I see what you're I saying. Have? No, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. And, you know, they, they had high hopes for Josh Gordon. He has yet to to 
provide a return on the risk that they took by bringing him in. And, you know, back to that play on the first drive, it, it epitomizes where they currently are no because it looked great. It looked familiar. And then once Travis Kelsey flipped it to Patrick Mahomes, who was coming in motion left to right, there was nothing there. There's right. just nothing there. Right. So, um, I, and I, I, I still wonder about that toe, although at times last night he seemed to be moving better. There was one play, and they didn't mention this on the broadcast. He ran out of bounds, and at the end of the play— Yeah, he jumped up in the air and so, acted like something was something, weird, right? Yes. I know the play, yes. Mike. I know it. It seemed like something was wrong with his foot. Right. And, and I don't know to if he jumped himself. Like I'm if okay. He jumped his way through it. Right. I don't know what it was. I I don't I don't know what kind of rehab exercise entails jumping up and down like that, and then all of a sudden it snaps back into place. But it felt like he, he limped a little. He after. injured himself. Yeah. Yes. I know. But they didn't mention it, and I thought I was seeing things. Right. Well, well listen, I, I, you know, again, I, I know I'm the one leading the charge on that where it doesn't look the same. To me, it's a big reason why I don't think. He's as magical because he's kind of lost his natural explosion and ability to, you know, wiggle around and make people miss. It's not the same. So therefore, you know, his bearings are off in the pocket when people are on him. Like, yeah, okay. You know, straight ahead speed, certainly. I don't know if there's a huge difference. I think there is. Uh, but, you know, even on the last play, Mike, he runs to the left and he takes the sack, right? I understand. But there's even a part of me that like, wait, Mahomes last year before the toe injury, the year before that, would have wheeled out of that and gave another look like knowing no one's there. Do you know the play I'm talking about, right? The last one where yeah, he got out yeah. to the left oh, and absolutely. gets hit, right? And well, they, they credited him. It's like it didn't. something seemed wrong with that entire play. Oh, he did the smart thing. He did the smart well, thing. I don't know. That's, that's not what, what I've seen him. Exactly. It. That's where I'm going. The old Mahomes would have swirled around, waited another second and gone, wait, can I buy one more second? Okay, nothing. Let me throw it away. Right now, you know, yeah, there's something off about his game, let alone, Mike, I always go back to the old adage of like, hey, yeah, you know, they execute and, and look good on some drives, but like what, you know, there's just not enough to think about with the offense. You look at the other top offenses in football, you know, there's just more than two aspects of it to look at where there's just two players and you go, well, that's what makes them great. If we got into it with the Bucks, the Rams, uh, the Cowboys, there's just so much more to offer. And the Chiefs right now don't really have an identity and don't have a lot of things to make you think or, or offer to a defense to, to make them think is what I guess I'm trying to say. They, they, they still did what they had to do. And I yeah. think the tension within Mahomes is I want the big play. I want the splash play. I want the spectacular thing but I have to take what they're giving me. Now, what we're perceiving is, even though he's being patient within the confines of exercising patience, something still isn't Doesn't isn't seem right. to and me. It, and it, yeah. it surely can't be. I'm, we're just kind of sounding this out, and this is one of the reasons why I like doing this, because I know that we're going to have a chance to have a conversation about these issues. Surely it can't be the fact that he doesn't take the deep shots like he used to and that he has to be patient, surely that's not what is hampering him, right? The freedom to play the way he used sure, to, and now sure. he can't. That can't be it. I that don't can't think so. No, no, I don't think so either. They've caught up to him, and I've said this before. Maybe those plays were so amazing because the margin for error was so small. It was the Indiana Jones slide under the door, reach back, grab your hat as the stone hits the ground. That's what made it so exciting. But 
the moment you lose just the tiniest bit of your dexterity, the door lands on your arm. And I, 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 you know, we, and we, we were rooting for the guy. We want what we had gotten accustomed to 2018, 2019, 2020. We're trying to figure out as they are how to get it back. And it's hard to do within the confines of a season because you're trying to change a tire on a moving car. You know, how much time do you really have, Chris, within a football season? And you can speak to this. You lived it. How much time do you have to diagnose what's wrong with you while you're also trying to get ready to marshal the best that you can for the next opponent? It can't be easy to say we need answers for what's wrong when another train is rolling down the tracks. No, exactly right. It's it's hard to fix it all, everything together, let alone, yeah, you're worried about the offense and – you know, execution. Well, well, execution and, and like what it's led to, Mike, is, you know, something we've talked about last week. You know, again, yeah, have they caught up to him? Sure. You know, I, I still don't think it's the 100% him we've saw. I don't know. People are not going to be able to tell me much different from that. I'm not. But then, like, caught up to the offense? Yes. Defense, not special, like we've talked about. So there's just so many issues that compound what we're talking about. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know if it's his comfort level or the people caught up to him or the defense or, or what other phrase to use. But what I do know is he's played the position not true to form like we talked about a little last week, too. You know, yeah. I mean, Brian Greasy showed a few plays from the Tennessee game two weeks ago where you just go, man, he's not seeing the field clearly. I don't know what he's thinking about. He even said that. You know, during the telecast, like he's thinking, wait, there's no way they'll play that coverage here. So let me go over here and work this side of the field. And they don't play the coverage he expects. He's predetermining things, leaves the pocket too early. You know, there's just one issue after another right now. And to your point, it's very hard to fix all of those things, let alone lead a team, worry about new plays in the offense and and try to be that guy at quarterback with with that many issues mounting up and you're in the middle of the season and it's they might be able to fix it I just don't know to what degree and I'm not expecting like to the degree of what we saw you know in years past where they all of a sudden they become dominant and they're like the greatest show on turf I don't right now I'm just going I hope they can fix it and get in the playoffs that's that's where we're at with the Chiefs right I mean what yeah. what makes us think they're going to beat any team like in football consistently, I, I look at it and go, no, I think every team just about in football can play with them consistently. And they're going to have to win a lot of games like this with the way they play on both sides of the ball right now. In past years, there was nothing to fix. No. In past no. years, there was nothing to no. fix. We're going to hear from Patrick Holmes in a minute, but let, let me let me try something here. If we can find the play and get the video, it's 1237 left in the fourth quarter, second and six from the Giants 48. That's where he runs the run the right. happened, where yeah. he's jumping. I, I want everyone to come to the same conclusion or not. We'll put it out there for folks to scrutinize. For now, let's put out Patrick Mahomes' words that we can scrutinize on his belief that they used the right approach to get the win last night. Me personally, I took a kind of a, a big picture look at it this last week after playing the Titans, and obviously we didn't start the way we wanted to, and I kind of felt like I was trying to make stuff happen that wasn't there. Um, and I think in the game like today, I, I did a better job of, obviously they're taking away the big shots. I wanted to throw the big shots, especially when we started stalling out uh, some of those drives. Um, but I kind of just kept with the pro- uh, the process, kept with the the game flow, and trusted in our defense. And they made a lot of stops. Uh, they we got we got enough points on the board, and they were able to shut it down at the end of the game. 
Just the fact that he's got the temptation, the desire, the urge to take the deep shots in those moments yeah, tells right. you right. the tension that he's experiencing out there. And you can sense it. It's palpable. Yep. I want to get this ball down the field. I want to put the pedal to the metal. I want it to be like it's been in the past because it was fun in the past exactly. and it's not fun like it used to be. Right. And, and I don't know what you do to fix it. And they had an extra day after the Titans to try to work on it, and it wasn't much better. Yeah, they scored 20 points, but it was an inferior team, and they were at home. Now they got the Packers in five days. They're waking up this morning saying, hey, we got a win. Hey, we're feeling pretty good. I don't know why they should feel all that good. Yeah. And when you consider what's coming, starting with Green Bay, with extra time. I mean, you got Green Bay played on Thursday. Packers have 10 days. Yeah. And the Chiefs play on Monday. They got five days. Oh, man, I, I just, I, well, that's a better measuring stick. You know, that's the thing. Last night, Giants, I don't know how good of a measuring stick that is. Although the Giants aren't horrible, they seem to find ways to self-inflict wounds on themselves, as you would say. Yeah. So right. I, I just, I don't know how to feel about the Chiefs right now. And I think most people would feel the same way. And look at this. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, the Broncos, uh, week 13. Okay, fine. Uh, the buys coming up week 12, and I think they're going to need it after playing the Packers, Raiders, and Cowboys. We're going to learn a lot about them over the next three games. When you're playing teams that are 7-1, 5-2, 6-1, straight weeks, we're going to learn a lot about the Chiefs, Chris. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I don't know. You know, again, they're going to be a pain in the butt. It's still Patrick Mahomes and company. I understand that. You know, and certainly not going to count them out. But... Uh, I, I, what, I, what I'm getting close to, I guess, is counting out the think that they're going to go on some run and going to end the year, and we're going to look up and go, whoa, look at the Chiefs. You know, they're 13 and four, or like they're 12 and five. Like, I, I, I that's not going to happen to me. I, that, that to me is where I've gone past the point of no return because, yeah, I mean, you said it. Hey, the Giants, they do things well. Yeah, the Giants. I mean, it goes back to the same story. The game plan's perfect. I mean. They, they play it right. They're coached to play the right way. They just don't have the players. And, you know, therefore, Kansas City's defense got to look somewhat good last night because, hey, the Giants' offensive line is one of the worst in football, period. So that covers a lot of holes, let alone they had a lot of injuries to go along with it. So that, that kind of gave the Kansas City football team a get-out-of-jail-free card, especially on the offensive side of the ball, because it was a night where their defense could hang in there. But the problem is we've seen so many times this year the defense can hang in there. So you don't know what to expect from them either. And they have their own issues. We talk about the offense. You know, you look at the defense and go, I mean, other than Chris Jones, again, who the hell's there to worry about right now in Kansas City? Tyron Matthews not been the same. Frank Clark is non-existent, and it's just not enough to go around for you to think that they're going to be a dominant football team anytime soon. Frank Clark turned it on in the final drive. Yes. There were multiple times last night where it looked like Frank Clark was being held. And you know, I don't know what it takes to draw a flag or not a flag, because I know there's holding on every play. But when you got the guy coming around the edge toward the quarterback and somebody's got their hands up there and you can see they're grabbing, you know, when they, when they do that. Right? There used to be a time when you had to block like this. Yeah. And then they changed it back in the 70s where you can put your hands out. But you see a lot of the closed fist grabbing shirt and holding flaps on shoulder pads. And that seemed to be happening to Frank Clark a lot last night. Uh, and I know a lot of it happens and it goes on call. But when you see that guy come around the edge, you want to think he's going to be unimpeded to have a shot at the quarterback. Now, I'm very impressed 
And I'm happy to report that the control room has found the play that we were talking about. And here's the thing. With all the buildup, it's going to be a major disappointment, but I'm at least happy that they found the play. Oh, I think it's good and to show let's, it. Let's take a look at it, and you be the judge. You, not you, Chris. You out there watching the show, and if you're listening on Sirius or watching the podcast, oh well. But if you're watching, you get to see it. Let's have a look. Well, they can't see it, Pete. How can they see it? I'm sorry. You can only see it if you're watching. Here it is. And Patrick Mahomes... 1238 to play, rolls to the right, sees nothing there, and then off he goes. And it's, it's a little bit of burst. That's what he, right. you know, that's it's where he's weird. sitting. And then he's got a little jump there. Now up. watch. Right. And he's, it's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm Look, fine. Now he's okay, limping. I'm fine. Right. I'm fine. And, and that reminds me of what Robert Sala told us when we interviewed him right after he got the Jets job, yeah. after becoming the 49ers defensive coordinator. His advice to the Buccaneers for the Super Bowl was don't be fooled by the old man limp. Yeah, because he still he still got it, but he was telling us that, that wasn't the Super Bowl. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that that wasn't an okie doke there. No. That was serenity. Now my foot is fine, or whatever it is, ankle, foot, toe, whatever. Something he stepped wrong on something, and. And he was trying to will his way back through it. That was how I interpreted that body language. I uh, listen, me too, Mike. I saw it. I've been watching it all year. You know, I've told you. I've had people reach out to me that are somewhat in the know there, and told me have told me I'm on the right track. I mean, again, I don't know where, how close I am, what the issues are. All I know is I am a professional at watching players studying them you know me I'm all into legs and butt and the way the guys look and to me there's something off just a little off I don't know what it is I just know I've studied the guy so hard and you know coming out in the draft he was my guy and I just feel like I know him so well and I don't see the same guy let alone I see a look in his eye right now that I he doesn't believe he's the same guy I, I just I feel that way too and I'm not trying to blame it all on him. He's pressing now, of course, because he's trying to create magic. The team's struggling. Nobody can help him out. You know, there's just nothing. There, there's nothing positive, like, really going on there in Kansas City. So that's where I feel for him. But, like, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, again, there's issues across the board with Kansas City. Nice win, 20-17, to 17, way to gut it out. But, come on, we're holding them to, like, top-of-the-league standards, Super Bowl standards, and they're nowhere near that right now. And I think what really does hurt them is that they've lost that edge. They've lost yeah, that magic. Right. They've lost that difference that we saw for three years, and their opponents know it. Have yet to relax. No. Yeah. I think oh, their well. opponent their opponents are still on guard for twenty eight points sure, in one quarter. Sure. Right. And 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 until people start, people who are playing them start thinking they're not the same, it's going to be even harder because you're still getting the absolute A-plus effort from every defense because it's like, hey, you got to watch. what my, Here's what Mahomes can do. Here's what Tyreek Hill can do. Here's what Travis Kelsey can do. Here's what they can do, and they prepare for it. And until some of the players or the coaches who are facing the Chiefs relax a little bit and say they're not who they used to be, it's going to continue to be harder well, for the Chiefs. Yeah. You know? And, and to the extent that the Chiefs took over the league, and if you're a player on another team, you get sick of hearing about it. It's just human nature. Sick of hearing about the Chiefs. It's always the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. So I think these other teams are taking a little bit of glee. 
in the opportunity sure. to take some of the some of the uh, the piss out of the vinegar. For if that that's not the wrong metaphor, uh, but regardless, yeah. yeah, exactly. But I like it. Take some of the it's it's take take some. They've done yeah. it, and it's and and it's and and I think that you know, like the Titans last week, they had to love the fact that they completely throttled well, that team. Yeah, that's where I was. You know, they had to love it. No doubt. That's where I was going to get. Like, I'm not saying you're you're, you're right. Like, I, I, they're still going to get people. It's the Chiefs. They're still going to get like team's best shot. You're always going to worry That's about. That's my point. Yeah, you are. My, I guess what I was trying to say is, I think fear has left the other team though. That I don't know if the fear is quite there the way it used to be. I think teams are walking on the field right now, going, "Wait, we stopped Tyreek Hill going across this way, 40 yards, and we stopped Travis Kelsey." you know, running a shallow cross or faking the shallow cross and then coming back out or going back out like he's going to run an eight-yard out and then coming back in, then we we got him stopped, you know. And, again, I know they tried to run the ball last night, but, again, like I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to buy into that and go, oh, there's the other element that I see here. Watch out, Kansas City's run game. That's something, you know, again, I just think diversity in schemes – you know, lack of one other guy to think about in their offense right now. Mahomes off his game. Offensive line not as good as they should be. It's just they're easier to defend. And like you said, they've been the kings of the hill for so long that everybody has studied them. People have stolen their plays. But more importantly, everybody has studied them and watched and like learned from other teams how to defend them to a degree. And right now, they don't have another move on the chessboard that's making anybody think or do anything. And you look at the other top offenses in football, I, I can give you a whole bunch of other schemes and players other than just two guys that teams have to think about when they play them compared to the Rams or the Bucks. I mean, come on. It's not even comparable what they make you think about compared to the Chiefs right now. And that's where there's just there's a lot of issues uh, on that side of the ball for them. These next three games are going to tell us a lot because right now the Chiefs are four and four, so they're going to be four and seven, seven and four, five and six, or six and five. And I, I think I think that if they win two out of these next three, they have to feel pretty good about themselves going into a Thanksgiving bye. You know, I don't remember many Thanksgiving week buys. This may be a byproduct of the seventeen game season, but they're off the entire week of Thanksgiving. And they're either going to be really happy with where they are or they're not. There's no, there's not much middle ground. Cause yeah. I, I think even if they go, if they do anything other than win the next three, they, they still have their issues and, and it's going to be very hard for them to win the next three games. If they do, then we're back on guard and the chiefs are a playoff team. And I think right now their best hope is to just find a way into the field, and they could still win the division. Yeah, Raiders the division's still up for grabs, right? Right. And then right. the Chargers have stumbled. Definitely, the Chargers have lost two in a row. And they'll continue, um, I think. Yeah. And and so if if they just get in and get the magic back in January, they could go on a run. We've seen teams do it who get one of the lower spots on the playoff tree, but th there's nothing that makes me think right now. No, it's there's coming no back. Way it could. Right. 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 Now, now, all that said, all that said. Last night's game, the win that they ultimately got on the final drive, and you know, I don't know whether to save this for airing of grievances or not, but it, it was a big issue in the game. And any time that it's glaring, I want to point it out because 
The NFL needs to embrace whether they call it booth umpire, sky judge, or come up with some other name. And I know they're concerned about what the full parameters would be of an extra member of the official in the booth who has the power to talk to the referee and say there was a foul that you should have called or there was a penalty that shouldn't have been called. And they're concerned about, you know, holding flags being thrown by the the sky judge through the referee. I, I don't that's for them to figure out how to get the 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 margins of it right. The meat and potatoes guts is having someone in place when 15 yards of field position is surrendered for a face mask that did not happen. Yeah, I hear you. Did not happen. Right. When you have the technology available and we all see it and the the middle-aged folks with no helmets, no pads, trying to survive among the gladiators while it's all whizzing by them, and they see a head movement that is consistent with a face mask. Yeah, right. So they just think, he must have been face masked, even yep. though I didn't see it with my two eyes. Right. It must have been because of the way his head moved. Here's the flag. That's why you need someone who can say, hey, Bill, you know what? Looked like a face mask. Wasn't a face mask. That 15 yards makes a huge difference. Now, look, it would have been third and one on the 38. Maybe they would have converted. Maybe they would have kept going. But when you take it from third and one and you got first and 10 on the plus side of the 50, that's a gift. Game changer. An undeserved, unwarranted gift. And and it's, it's so easily fixable that that's what makes it even more inexcusable. And it mars the outcome of the game. It undermines the integrity of the game. It undermines the integrity of the wagers being placed through the seven sports books with whom the NFL currently has partnerships. You see all these DraftKings commercials. There's the NFL shield. I mean, at some point, they need to be concerned about the integrity of the game and the integrity of the wagering on the game. You can't make a billion a year, which they expect to make by the end of the decade, off of wagering with not worrying more about making sure that every outcome and every bet and every prop and every spread and every over-under is is not undermined by fixable officiating mistakes. And that one last night, Chris. Easy fix. And I don't know, I, I don't know what it would cost yeah. to not, have this. Not that much. Situ- when you're paying $64 million a year right. to your public pin cushion who takes all the flack so you guys can – hide behind the curtain and not have to take any grief because the commissioner will stand up there and take all the slings and arrows. When, when, if that job's worth $64 million a year, I think they can afford what is a far more important job to ensuring the integrity of the game and the integrity of the wagering on the games. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there, Mike. I am. I mean, again, that, that's just like a – it's a horrible call – the to have that you know in that point of the game you know like you said where it's an easy fix I mean it really is that'd be an easy fix there's no doubt about it hey blah 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 referee wasn't wasn't face mask you know take your time here give a little conversation I'm sure they might even show the replay on the board here but it wasn't a face mask he grabbed his jersey it just looked like it his head went and boom I mean yes but that's just unfortunate it stinks it stinks when you're in a great game like that and then it comes down to a play like that where, yeah, it's it's gifted. It's gifted. And, yeah, it was thir- It would have been third and one, like you said, with the Chiefs. But, I mean, again, you know, nothing's a guarantee with the Chiefs right now. Nothing. 
Right. So you can't right. say that. I mean, we used we to just think, don't know. We don't know what would happen. You don't know, we right? Don't know what I mean, we 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 think third and three at the goal line is automatic touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes. Not this year. It's automatic, almost turnover by the Chiefs every time. So uh, yes, uh, I'm with you all the way, man. And I just think it's an easy fix. And you're right. It's just stupid. It's it's pennies what it what it would cost them on the big scheme of things. And and what. You know, it's funny, too, because when I point that out, the reaction by some is, oh, you must have money on the Giants. I picked the Chiefs to win, but I want the game to be decided by the players and the coaches, not yeah, by officials not who make mistakes. Right. Now, now, look, and it seemed like after every play last night, I looked down at the bug at the bottom, and I just expected it to go yellow in the yeah. corner and flag to come up because every play it was flag, flag, flag. If they're committing fouls, then you need to throw the flag. But if they're not committing fouls, and you're giving up 15 yards of field position, that's that's and it's fixable. That's a problem. And I That's another issue with it's the Chiefs. Fun, it's funny. Because yeah. I, I I was talking I was talking to my wife about this last night. Because she she's a casual fan. But she said, Well, it was a close game, what happened? So it's like, well, you made the mistake of asking me, so you're gonna hear all about it now. Right. And uh, you know, I just wonder, do they care? Do the stewards of the game care? Do they care about getting all of this right? Or is their attitude, ah, it's fine. They'll keep watching the games. They'll keep showing up for the games. They'll keep following their teams. Because you know what? Bad calls are part of it. Hey, you know, sometimes a bad call goes against you. Sometimes it goes for you. It, it's a weird mindset. But I think it makes much more sense to strive to get it right, especially when the answer is so easy. Now, it could be. It could be that they truly are concerned about trying to fix it because they're too incompetent to fix it right. The buzzword is unintended consequences when they do something like this. Yeah. I think that's cover for, you know what, look at what we did with pass interference repo review in 2019. We're probably going to screw it up. We're probably going to make it worse. So, you know, that leaky, that leaky pipe in the bathroom that we got to put a little pot under every once in a while, that's better that's better than us trying to fix it and flooding the whole house. Now, now look, it looked like, hey, it looks like the way the body moves, language looks it looks like, like it. a I face get mask. It. I guess. Yes. It. And, it, and it's like the hand hit the bottom of it and the head went that way. But it's prime reason to have the procedure in place to say it wasn't. And how long would that take? How long would it take? Hey, Bill, it wasn't. Pick it up. It's that simple. You it can is. do it in the 40 I mean, we seconds see it all the plays. time. We see it all the time. And it's a lot of the times it's not even a guy in the stadium. It's New York telling them. So it's like it's easy. And, like, Mike, I'm with you. I think at some point, yeah, it, hey, the game is not a perfect game. It is imperfect. So I think there is a little bit of that old school thought in the NFL that, like, hey, it's just, you know, sometimes you get a call, sometimes you don't. I That's great. That was cool in 1985. We're out of that, ever, aren't we? Like, let's evolve as a sport. Oh, let's yeah. not waste a chain link to, like, figure out yes. the first down. <laughs> yeah. Let's not have 74 cameras to figure out if the ball crossed the most important line on the field. Let's figure it out and spend that. Because to your point, Mike, and I'm, I'm a traditionalist, but, like, the game world has changed, and it, it, it's, it's just going to cause more issues for them in the end. It's going to cause more issues. It, That's it is. the thing that they need to realize. Yeah, and because the fact people that they gonna, got Congress yeah. up their butts over right. the Washington football team investigation right. is the glimpse That's, as to what's going to happen eventually with gambling. Yeah. And no doubt. And and you can't say then, well, that's just the way we've always done it. Yeah. Or, you know, we accept we accept a certain amount of of error from our officials because it's 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 human nature. 
It's human errors. It's human factors. And that's part of what makes our game great. No, it's not. And, and you know, as to the whole 10 yards of chain link to determine a first down, I know for a fact that there are people high up in the league who love the moment when that chain gets pulled and put down, that that's built in drama. Everybody's like, oh, is it going to make it? Is it not going to make it? And no, I it's mean, boring. It's it's boring, is what it is. And it's the like game, it, the my game kid wants to hit start, and the kids and me, I want to hit A, B, X, whatever. So I don't need to see the measuring on the video game. Just let's play the game. Like uh, nobody yeah. wants to see it. Move on, yeah. move on, and get it more exact. And there's too much money riding on it. And you're going to open all up right. Pandora's box to where everybody's going to be like, man. This doesn't seem right. This one team got all the calls today. Like, it's just, it's not right. Sky Judge could have fixed that last night. Sky Judge could fix some of the dumb calls we see where, oh, the quarterback got hit in the head and you realize he got hit in the upper shoulder or something. Like, there's so many ways where he could just make the game cleaner and it's going to help them avoid controversy. Um, I don't, I, I don't know how we got down this road, but either way. No, it it's, it's important. Yeah. It's important because they want us to shut up Next bright, shiny object is coming Thursday night, although Jets Colts not as bright and shiny as maybe it could be, I not like last you. week, but still, but still, still, yeah. uh, you know, hey, don't, don't, don't get bogged down with the, the inefficiencies and the mistakes. Let's focus on the fact that, you know, we got more football to come and more football to come and more football to come. Now, what, yeah, so say anything technology else? is not right. perfect. Right. Technology is not perfect. And here's Joe Judge after you. the game. Uh, complaining about something that I don't quite understand. Let's have a listen to Joe Judge, and then we'll try to figure it out on the other side. The headsets are going out. No, we're having headset issues. This happened in every game so far. So we deal with the league, and they keep telling us there's different software updates or whatever it is. But we had to call two timeouts today because we're trying to send the deals in personnel-wise, and you got half the headsets aren't getting a reception. So that, that's the issue right there. So we're trying to make sure we're in the right call. There were some other times we just didn't like the look. Want to make sure we settled down on. But the other ones talking about with the substitution deals right there, yeah, it's breakdowns and we have to make sure the hardware is working. So whatever the issue with that is, you know, people involved with that better get it fixed fast. Yeah, kind of a vague excuse, and it feels like an excuse from Joe Judge. It may be an accurate one, but I don't know how the head coach of a team in the NFL halfway through a season that is having a chronic issue with the hardware of his headsets doesn't know exactly what think of what and his mentor Bill Belichick would know exactly what the issue is who's to blame who's accountable what they need to do to fix it it sounds like they're getting the message back from the league oh well it's not our issue or well no we fixed it it's no problem but you'd think halfway through the season they'd have drilled down to this because it seems like a fairly important thing if your headsets are cutting out on you in every game regardless of what stadium you're in they can't blame it on Bill Belichick, but the NFL runs that stuff. Reed. See, that's what the NFL well, runs it. See, that's where that's well, where I'll, I'll get behind them a little bit there. That, that, it's it's so I, again, I don't know. You're right. I mean, there's obviously. How are we finding out about this now? Then I don't know. We've Why seen other games though, here recently, and and uh, I got to think about them again because I know we we we've had other coaches make these like our headsets went out. Like nobody, I I don't know. Again, I don't know where that's going or whatever. Either way, yeah. They got down to the end of the game and didn't have time. Yeah, was it? It was. It was Shanahan in the Monday night game or Sunday night game, right? They challenged because the headsets went out. So again, I don't know. Good job by Pete Dimalitolidolitis there with the uh, the call there. But 
Yeah, I, I know I've seen it at least in one other time in a game too. Right. But but I, I hear. But I've you. never I, heard a coach say it happens every no, game. Right. I've never heard that. Right. And there's a point where if it's happening every single game, and you're the coach of the team, and you haven't at least have, if you can't at least give us some explanation, something that's more, and maybe he doesn't want to have the the league office. You know, they're fairly close to New Jersey. I mean, they just drive right over, and you know. Uh, you know, uh, to sit down with them and say, "Don't, don't, thou shalt not criticize us publicly." But at some point, you got to know what's going on if you're the coach of the team. And he, he, there's nothing in that answer that inspires confidence in me that the guy who has the most reason to know exactly what's going on knows what's going on. I'd like to think halfway through the season, he'd he would know not necessarily what the fix is, but at least what the problem is. Yeah. Other than our I, headsets I keep you. going out. I hear you, Mike. I, I I hear you there all the way. And I, I mean, again. I don't know, you know what what the deal was. It, it seems like he was referring more to the ones in the first half, anyways. The second half, you know, the 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 second half that just seemed like they were worried about making a stop on Kansas City with Mahomes and company, and they wasted, you know, two timeouts on the defensive side of the ball trying to stop them. They didn't like a call. I think that's what he was referring to there. So I hear you. I mean, I I hear you all the way. Um, but to not have a timeout late in the game certainly came back to kind of you know, bite them in the butt and, and give their offense a chance to, to maybe make something happen. And it really is a thing of beauty when we see a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, a Patrick Holmes, a Russell Wilson engineer a late game drive. And we kind of take it for granted to the point where we expect it now. Balanced against that is what we saw the past two nights from the Vikings and then from the Giants, where you got the ball, you got some time, and it I mean, the Giants it, had it, no chance. It's, just, at the a, end it's there. just a mess. I mean, no chance. Well, you know, I mean, well, when they, they never got ball. started. Right. You right. got to hit a twenty-five yarder. Right. You you need you need an Aaron Rodgers dropping that ball into Devontae Adams like he did back when the 49ers played the the Packers on Sunday Night Football Week Three, I think it was, uh, when he dropped it. You know, you you need it. Just shows you the difference between. Uh, an average to below average quarterback and the best in the game. The best in the game find a way with less than a minute and no timeouts to get in position for a field goal. And I guess we get spoiled by that. We get conditioned by that. And we start to expect that other guys are going to do it. And Daniel Jones had no chance to even get it done. No, no chance. I mean, like on this play, I don't care. We could bring Superman, Elway, Marino, combine Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like, there's just the... There's some plays that I just want to go there. There's no hope. I don't care who it is. It just doesn't matter. You know, the, the Giants, again, it goes back to their offensive line issues. They have to play a game on the offensive side of the ball that's very ordinary because they're incapable of blocking anybody in any way. So that's where that comes. Like the Giants in those situations, you know, I, I mean, again, I don't expect a whole lot right now because it's one of the worst O-lines in football and they got no chance of holding up in those situations. One thing I will say, too, about this, I don't know if you peeped this a little bit last night, but I will say this about Kansas City, what I did like, one thing here. Chris Jones played more defensive tackle last night. I don't know. Maybe, Pete, you could look up the numbers. I'm not looking up numbers. I'm just telling you my eye saw him inside more last night and he affected more plays. That's a positive for the Kansas City Chiefs. But either way, um, yes, I, I mean, again, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me in those situations right there. Daniel Jones and company had no hope, no hope with, with the way that offensive line plays, protects, run blocks, any of it there. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs get the win. 
He had 42 snaps last night on defense, okay. 70% of the total. Well, you know, we'd have to, we'd have to yeah, Pete will uh, look, look elsewhere to get the, the, yeah. the full breakdown of D, T, or D. But he had a sack on that last drive. Yeah, disrupted and, and a lot of plays, too. at the right moment. Got the so, F the play up um, stat going, like we talked about. We haven't talked about it a lot this year. <laughs> where, where are the Giants right now, in your mind? The Giants are like a team that has some pieces to get you excited, but like are certainly missing a number of pieces to make you think that, you know, they're a step away from being a legit contender. You know, again, I, I think, you know, you start off there. Listen, I'm always going to start off on the offensive defensive side of the ball, like with the offensive lines, offensive line gives them almost no chance on a weekly basis. They have to play a style on offense and do things to totally protect them they can't open it up because of them. And if you don't have a healthy Kenny Galladay or Saquon or Kadarius Toney, it's kind of hard to hide that. So the Giants have some pieces you like. Defensively, yeah. Like, it's solid unit. It's well coached. But they lack, like, superstar or a playmaker. You know? And to me, again, that's, that's where the league is at to a degree. The league is so equal and that's where I think like the Rams are a step ahead of the game right now where they go, yeah, we're, we might not have all this depth and stuff, but we're going we're gonna to err on a game being close and our playmakers and our studs making plays for us to help us win the game. And I know we're going to talk about the next segment, but the Giants on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, Leonard Williams is really good, but there's no like threat on the defensive end or pass rusher to go, ooh, ooh, wow, look at that guy. Same thing in the secondary. So to me, you know, there's certainly some vital pieces that miss from making me think like, ooh, they're close to the Giants. Who's in who's in danger there? Is it just Dave Gettleman, the GM? Is Joe Judge he's only this is only his second season. Yeah, I You know at me, some Mike. Point, you you gotta give a guy a chance. That's where I you gotta give a guy a chance. That's what I look um, at it. I, I mean I know, yeah, I know. I Joe don't like Judge. the idea of a new GM. I, hear you. I don't like the idea I of a new you. GM and keeping the head coach. Your thoughts very real there. I think I think your thoughts very real. I know a lot of smart people in the NFL that think the same thing you do. And I, I don't think it's wrong. But I do think like uh, you know, and again, yeah, I worked with Joe Judge. I know the guy, but I, I back him a little bit because I know the guy. I know how much football he knows. You know, and you saw the game. Yeah, the timeouts were perfect. Doesn't every NFL head coach know a lot of football? No, they don't. Doesn't every? No, oh, no, come they, on. no, they don't. Not a lot of them do. You know, and again, you know, look at that game last night. They're undermanned, but they, they manage it the right way and play the right style with a bunch of guys where if I just took, like, Joe Schmo from the middle of the country and go, who's playing in the secondary for the Giants? They'd go, oh, uh, 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 who's playing defense alignment for the Giants? They'd go, oh, blah, 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 you know. Who, who's the best offensive line on the uh, on the Giants? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I know Saquon Barkley. Oh, okay, great. You know him, right? That's one guy. Whoa, good job. So that's, to me you know, is where it falls back on right now more than anything. Let me just, let me be candid yeah. though. Yeah. In a year and a half yeah. of Joe Judge as right. coach of the Giants, there hasn't been a single moment where I've said, damn, that's impressive. Whether it's anything he's said or anything he's done or any decision he's made, there isn't one time that stands out to me that I thought, wow, wow, I'm impressed by that guy. And at some point, at some point, you got to do something to show us you belong. And he's not done anything yet, Chris. 
to show me that he belongs. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I, I'll disagree with that because I'm one of the guys. Give me an example. Well, Give me an example. I mean, again, last year, I mean, they played in a lot of games where they competitive and like hung around teams that they had no that's, business. That's to. not. But that's not. But so like, yeah, what's he supposed he, to do though? Like, what's what's he supposed to do? He's doing the best with the ingredients he has. You know, when you can't block or or do anything up front that way, yeah, it's it's struggle. You got and they got a quarterback. Coach him up. Coach him up. Okay. Teach him better technique. You know, teach him, teach him Patriots technique. They are. Right? Patriots Mike, don't have. I think that's I where don't have five the, blocks of granite. They're teaching that. That that's that's why the game's twenty seventeen last night. You know, I don't know. I, I I can name coaches. I think you put them on the Giants head coach, and I'd go, well, they lose by more than twenty seventeen if they don't have that coaching staff with that same team. I that's just the way I look at it. The defensive game plans are usually right. You know, the offensive game plans are right for what they do. Um, but, again, I just think they don't have the horses necessarily to compete yeah. with some of the big boys. The, the, the smartest thing he said this year is the fish stinks from the head down. He's just wrong when he considers himself the head of the fish. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, trade deadline comes today. We got a little surprise yesterday. We'll break down the Whoa. trade that shook up the AFC West and the NFC West and the rest of the NFC when PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, surprising. You know, I love you know the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, it's just you know all the everything is just still you know new and um, you know it's hard to you know really put the emotions into words. You know, this is all I know. This is, you know, this is all I you know ever you know ever knew playing a pro pro sports here with here with the Denver Broncos. I, you know, I've been here through the ups and the downs. And, you know, it's always tough whenever you. Whenever you leave, though, but I, I love all my fans. I love Broncos country. Um, when I say Broncos for life, I meant that, and it'll always be on my heart. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to, you know, play here. Um, John Elway picked me, in and you know, it's life changing. Yeah, ever since then, you know, being able to play with Peyton Manning, Demarcus Ware, Champ Bailey, uh, Brian Dawkins, Tim Tebow, um, you know, all of these guys, man, and it's, uh, it's an honor and a privilege. And, you know, it's, it's still kind of hard to put it in words. It's still kind of raw, but you know, I thank, thank you, thank, thank everybody. You know, and uh, you know, off to LA. 
I did a double take when I saw that last night and he mentioned Tim Tebow, but he was a rookie. Von Miller in his first year during Tebow mania, that would have an impact. And this trade has an impact. Von Miller gone. The Broncos get the Rams second round and third round pick in 2022. The Rams don't have a first round pick in 2022. You can just say the Rams don't have a first round pick and insert any year you want at this point. This is what the Rams do. they, they, they They trade their lottery tickets. Instead of scratching them off and then having developed those players, they trade them for proven commodities. Yeah. That's their thing. I that's what they it. do. Now they get a guy. Now that's a lot to give up, though, for a yes. guy in the last right. year of his contract who's 32. The, the other side of this is there's 9.7 million remaining in salary this year for Vaughn Miller. The Broncos are paying nine million of it, so they're buying those two picks for nine million bucks and surrendering the presence of, of Vaughn Miller. Uh, Chris, so uh, a surprise. And I think this one was in the works for a while because in hindsight, remember they were giving us this weird impression they were buyers last week when they trade for defensive end Stephen Weatherly. They trade for Rams linebacker Kenny, Kenny Young, Young, and it right. felt like the Rams didn't get enough for him. I think they were bolstering in advance. Instead of trading Vaughn Miller yesterday and then scrambling to backfill afterward when you're desperate, go ahead and make those moves ahead of time, get those guys, and then do the Von Miller trade after that. So I think that's the explanation. They weren't being buyers. They were just trying to replace what happens to their defense without Von Miller. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're probably right when you look about at least look back at it. But I mean, uh, I'm uh, first off, I guess yes, yeah, second and third round pick. I, I first thing I was with you. Wow, that's pretty expensive for a guy you know like Von Miller at this point of his career. You know, the second thing I thought of, well, they must think that maybe they can sign him back after the year for some sort of, you know, deal that makes sense for them. I mean, to me, I mean, the Rams aren't stupid. I I just have a hard time thinking they're going to be a second or third round pick for like nine games, right? Is that's what it's going to equal out to be? I, I just can't imagine that be. So I, I we've gotta, seen teams we've seen teams throw away a second I know. round pick for nine. Mohamed Sanu, Emmanuel Sanders, sure. your 49ers yep. gave up a third round pick for half a season with him. It's not unprecedented. No, I know it's it's not unprecedented. It's not. And and I mean I guess you know when the when the final prize is the Super Bowl, you know maybe they don't care. That's that's the cool thing about the Rams. I mean again I think you kind of said it right. They're about proven commodities. They've kind of said the hell with the draft, and I think they trust their draft and their ability to like draft mid-level, mid-round players and have an eye to go. Well, yeah, this look at this, look at our team. We got all guys in fourth and fifth round who play and contribute. So there's obviously confidence there. But man, this puts them to me, you know, a little bit of another stratosphere. Their defense has been playing a lot better the last few weeks. They've definitely gotten things straightened out, and now. You have another presence on the other side of the field from Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald. I, I just look at that and just go, wow, it's a game-changing move. A game-changing move that is going to cause problems, and they got a lot of talent and speed on that defense. And now you got to worry about not only the creativity and stuff they do, but how you're going to block three guys who can win three, three one-on-one matchups you know, more times than they don't. And that's what's really going to help the Rams out. It's been a few years, but I vividly recall Von Miller complaining about all the extra attention he got during the prime of his career. He'd get hit by three different guys on his way to the quarterback, and that's not going to happen now because the guy in the middle is the one who's getting hit by three <laughs> different guys. So right. he is going to have a freer path. And, and we know, we know 
how important it is to have your pass rush ready to go when it's time to hit the postseason. We get reminded of it every few years with a great defensive performance, specifically a great performance up front, whether it was Von Miller's Broncos in Super Bowl 50 against the Panthers or the Buccaneers last year against the Kansas City Chiefs. If you have that pass rush that can get Uh, home consistently in a big game like that, you're going to win that game. I I think, to me, Mike, I mean, I think you're dead on. I think that's why why they make the move. And again, that's why I like the Rams. They kind of look at the year and go, wait, we need this. Okay, wait, if we want to get where we want to go, we need this because it's going to help us beat these teams who are orchestrated like that. And let me let me figure it out. How could they not be looking within the own conference right now and going, wait, if we're going to beat the Bucks, the Cowboys, and let's say the Cardinals and throw them in the mix, you know, with just that weaponry, I'm using these teams. I know Green Bay is one of the top teams too. I get it, but they don't have the weaponry that the teams I just mentioned there. I think they got to look at that and go, if we expect to win a playoff football game against them, we got to be able to get to the quarterback with four, like you're saying. We're not going to be able to match up across the board against all these weapons, man to man. We're going to have to do creative things on the back end. And now you got guys like Leonard Floyd and Von Miller, who, yeah, can come off the edge and rush the passer with the best of them, but are also going to be great little pieces. And like the Raheem Morris is, has these great blitz, you know, and two guys come this way, two guys drop that way and play coverage to where, you know, it's going to help their scheme out because Miller can drop back into pass coverage as good as any outside linebacker in football. He's still a really good all around football player. And you add him with Leonard Floyd. And like you said, Aaron Donald in the middle of that whole thing there, um, it's, they're, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. And we already know they already are tough and arguably the best team in football. Here's Rams coach Sean McVay talking about the Von Miller trade and the team's propensity to ship their draft picks to other cities. You talk about we don't value picks. That's not true at all. We do value picks, but there is a formula to a lot of the things that we're doing behind the scenes that there's a vision in place and and we feel like it fits for us and it might not be for everybody, but I think it's been a real credit to those guys to have the agility and the flexibility to figure out creative avenues of being able to onboard a player of Von Miller's caliber and saying, okay, we'll give you these picks. You take a certain portion of the salary and there's a lot of nuances to it. Most of which are way above my head, Jordan, but uh, Hey, let's go. No, they definitely value picks because of what they can get for them. Yeah, that's right. They just don't want to use them. You know, other teams, other teams will say they're afraid to use high round picks because they don't want to be criticized for getting them wrong. And maybe that's one of the byproducts right, hey. of using the first overall pick on Jared Goff. I don't know. <laughs> but but there are their peers look at them and say they're afraid to use those picks because they are are not sufficiently confident that they're going to go out and consistently get the right players. The response to that is nobody is confident they're going to consistently get the right players. Look at the bust rate in round one. Yeah, right. And you know what I can tell you is those picks, right? Like let's let's go back at those picks. Um, wait. Oh, Jalen Ramsey's doing really good on the football field. Oh, he's he's do, he's working out. Oh, Matthew Stafford, it's working out on the football field right now. Let alone for years to come. So 
I, I mean, again, they're they're doing it a it's different a way. A lot to give up, though. I That's know a lot to give up. They had to give up first round, and this is the other thing that they don't want people talking about. They had to give up a first round pick to get rid of Jared Goff. So what? They tucked it into that marriage that that, that 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 Matthew Stafford deal, but they gave up a first round pick to get rid of a contract they never should have given the guy. No, that, that's on that's them. That's a mistake. Yeah, but at least they just said, "Hey, finally," and they took the bandaid off and made a move and got rid of it because now they got a quarterback that's twice as good and he's always making half as much. I mean, it's so. Uh, I mean, I, I think you look at it right now and go, "Wait, you know, okay, yeah, it wasn't the best, and we gave around and gave away another first round pick, but they got a franchise quarterback for the next five or six years." And I think that's where, you know, again, maybe maybe they're ahead of the curve with this a little bit. Maybe they're they're going to do a different approach where they look at the league like we were talking about a little bit ago to going, it's so equal. It's so equal. We have a good coach. We know we can be competitive. But at the end of the day, like, you know, the coaching and the scheme can't always win you a football game. It can't. At some point, like I've only seen New England be able to do that on a consistent basis. At some point, like you got to have players to make plays. Who's going to make, you know, a 40 yard Randy Moss type catch or who's going to get the strip sack fumble? And I think that's the philosophy they believe in. And I think that's how they look at it to like get them over the hump in big games to get them back to the Super Bowl. And I can get behind that. I mean, it's it's been working for them. And I'm not going to doubt them now when, when they're arguably the best team in football. Scale of 1 to 10, how surprised will you be if they have Odell Beckham Jr. when we're having this conversation? Uh, I, I guess I'd, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. I, I would. I, I don't see them going that crazy. Uh, I'd be scale of one to 10. How surprised would you have been if I told you yesterday they'd have Von Miller today? Though? Well, yeah, you're right. That's- you're right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been expecting that. Now I do. I wouldn't be, you know, one other thing too. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, we know he wants to be traded there. We'll see. Maybe they get two, a- two Atwell's out for the year. Maybe. So, so that's that going to change things. things. That does change things. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. But either way, I admire the Rams ability to push the chips in the middle of the table. Like we say so often and just say, screw it. We're going for it. We're good. We're trying to win the Super Bowl this year. Here's what I want to know. Who else was in play? Did other teams have an opportunity or was this kind of an inside job where the Broncos targeted the Rams? Maybe they knew the Rams would be the ones to do it. The Rams would be more inclined to do something like this, give up future picks for a guy in his early 30s in the last year of his contract. Or, you know, did the Packers have a shot at at Von Miller? And what did Aaron Rodgers think about the fact that they didn't shoot their shot to get Von Miller? There's a story behind the story that we don't know yet as to how widespread the discussions were. But, you know, when you get into an arms race, if there's a missile available and one of your competitors is going to buy it, you're thinking maybe I should buy it first. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know whether the Packers had a shot at him. Not that the Bucks could have pulled it off. Could the Cowboys have pulled? Wouldn't that have been something? Bring him back to Texas? Oh, my gosh. Add Von Miller to the Cowboys defense? Are you kidding me? I'd just love to know who else would have, could have, should have, potentially had a chance to get Von Miller instead of the Rams. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. I I would like to know, too. I mean, I I don't know what that team is. He's certainly, to me, not the superstar he was, but still a really good football player. And he does a lot of different things well for your defense. And that's where he's going to be awesome for them. He is. But you're right. I mean, I, I, you know, you'd think that there'd be some other teams involved in that conversation. But maybe, Mike, like you talked about, this was kind of in the works for the last, 
you know, week or so. That was part of maybe the Kenny Young trade and, hey, here's this for this and we got this coming down the road. So that was a, a part of the puzzle. I, I don't know. Um, but but the Rams, man, well, what a football team. And uh, I think this puts them a little bit in another stratosphere in my eyes. Well, I've added to my list of things to do today to try to find out who else was involved in these trade talks. Was it just the Rams or did other NFC teams have an opportunity or AFC teams for that matter? I, it's not like the Broncos are one of the elite teams in the AFC that has to worry about trading Von Miller, you know, to the Ravens or something like that. It's, you're getting value for a guy who's not going to be with you next year and you're not one of the elite teams, you could justify it. So I'm going to try to find out what other teams were involved. Now, teams may or may not make trades today. Maybe yesterday's move sparks an arms race, a land rush, more deals to be done today. Matt LaFleur, the Packers coach yesterday, said they're working the phones as the trade deadline approaches. Uh, the, the names that I've been keeping an eye on, obviously Deshaun Watson, I still think the two teams involved are too damn dysfunctional to land the plane because they almost did last week. And once, and I reported this on Sunday night, we wrote about it Sunday night. And if, if, you know, other media outlets just want to ignore when we report something that's pretty damn significant, that's, that's there, that's up to them. But, you know, when somebody's got the kind of detail that we have on this, I'm either fabricating it or it's dead on balls accurate, frankly. Last week, they were close to getting a deal done. They were closing in on a deal. And the Miami Dolphins want the 22 civil lawsuits to be settled. And one of the things, and I knew this last Sunday, I was trying to hint at it. I wasn't authorized to talk about it per yeah, se. I know you weren't. But but the reason the Panthers were in play was because if Watson decided I'm not settling these cases, that's when the Panthers became a viable option because they're willing to take him, or let me conjugate that properly, they were willing to take him at the time with the lawsuits not resolved. He decided last week, I'm going to get these cases resolved i'm going to do what i have to do remember the sticking point was he wanted everything to be transparent the other side wanted confidentiality he's willing to say i'll make it confidential the dolphins wanted the cases settled well then the texans caught wind of the fact that they're working towards settling these cases and the texans drove up the price now they didn't have a deal they didn't renege on a deal or anything like that and i'm not saying what the texans did was wrong because if the dolphins are saying here's what we can give you because we're taking on all this uncertainty and then the texans find out well you know what they're working behind the scenes to remove half of the uncertainty the civil side of this two-pronged civil and criminal ongoing investigation with Deshaun Watson, then maybe you do say to the Dolphins, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're trying to get us to come down because you're taking on the uncertainty while you're working to rid yourself of the uncertainty. No, we're back up where we were. But that that it was close to happening last Tuesday, and that killed it. And now the question is, at some point before 4 o'clock, will someone blink? Will someone pick up the phone and say, here's the deal that we'll do and get it done. And again, I think the two teams, frankly, are too dysfunctional to land the plane. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's it's headed that way. I mean, it just, you know, again, listen to people around the NFL, it, it doesn't seem like it's getting close right now. I haven't got that feel, at least from people I know around football, to where, oh, it's it's, you know, on the verge of happening. So obviously, again, you seem to have more knowledge of me than the, the, the inner workings of what happened there. And... Yeah, it, it, it looks like that to the naked eye. Uh, it's a risky proposition by the Texans, certainly, you know, but but I understand I understand their their ground that they're standing on. 
You know, again, like you've said many times, you're going to get to Sean Watson. You're going to get him for the next eight, ten years. You're getting something special there. But at the same time, the other teams are looking at it and going, man, there's a lot of things still not settled. And we are taking on the burden of taking a guy on that's fairly controversial at this point and a controversial time in our country and our league with a lot of these, you know, type of issues that are surrounding Deshaun Watson. So there's that aspect, too. I could see both sides, you know, of course, having their doubts here. Here's the risk. Yeah that the Texans are assuming if they just decide to kick this until March, which many think they should do. What if he shows up tomorrow and says, I'm ready to play? I don't know that he will, but if I'm the Texans and, and I'm a properly functional football organization, I have to at least account for the possibility that this guy says, I'm showing up because you can't put him on paid leave at the team level unless he's okay with it. All you can do at the team level is suspend him without pay for four games for conduct detrimental to the team if you can prove detrimental conduct, trade him, or cut him. Now, you don't have to make him active. He could be inactive every week, but you can't keep him from practicing. You can't keep him from being in the facility. You can't keep him from doing things that would entail a risk of what? What? An injury that would make him unattractive in March to another team. That's the downside here for the Texans if they don't trade him. And I just hope that somebody in the organization is smart enough to realize it. And I'd like to think Nick Casario is. You know, I think that the people above Casario want Watson gone. And that's the other side of this. We talk about this all the time. Owners rarely say, thou shalt do this. They want the people who work for him to figure it out. I think Cal McNair, and I saw it. Shefty reported this. Hey, others can ignore our stories. We're not going to ignore theirs. Shefty reported that Cal McNair wants to do the deal and Casario's dug in. At some point, if you want to be the long-term GM of the Texans, you got to do what the guy who signs the checks wants. Yeah, I, 100%. I mean, I, I know. And, I'm, you know, I would think Nick Casario is smart enough to realize that. I understand Cal McNair. He's probably exhausted of the situation and like to be done with it. You know, there's that aspect. Yeah, it's just looming and hovering over their organization. It is a big deal. We talk about it almost once a week, no matter what, because it's one of the best players in the league who's dealing with things that we've never seen before. And it makes the Texans, the Texans names associated with that. So I can understand Cal McNair's, you know, uh, want to, to, to get this situation over with and move on as a football team. But it's not easy, and I understand both sides here. The Dolphins, the Texans, we'll see where it goes. But, like, I, I don't know. My pasta and meatballs right now makes me feel like it's not going to happen today. I don't know. I just I don't see any I signs. I agree with you because yeah. both sides yeah. are too damn dysfunctional mm. to land the plane because they almost landed it last week, and they ran into fog, and they went wheels up, and they've been circling for a week, and they can't figure out how to put the wheels down. Other teams like the Rams and the Broncos, maybe they'd figure it out. You know, at some point, I used this yesterday, and it makes a lot of sense. Before the the missiles launch, two people got to put the keys in and turn them. And we saw it happen with the Browns and the Bengals a few years ago where A.J. McCarron was going to go to Cleveland, and the Browns screwed it up. I mean, even if they reach a deal this morning or this afternoon, there's no guarantee that one of the two teams isn't going to screw up the communication of it to the league. We have to keep our eyes on that possibility as well. All right, we all... Also have to keep our eyes on the clock. It's late. Let's take a break. When we return, did the Tennessee Titans lose the most important non-quarterback in the NFL? We'll discuss the Derrick Henry injury and absence when PFT Live continues right after this. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions.